chapter. I don't think I'm nearly going to get through everything here in one service, and I'm not going to try. You're welcome. I don't really care just how anybody else does it. It's not my business, praise God, but I I do feel like uh, I'm mindful of our attention span. Amen. And I I just appreciate what God is doing. Amen. And hallelujah. I had a man one time, I gave him a CD and and, uh, I don't think usually I'm probably under about 50 minutes, maybe sometimes on a Sunday morning. And uh, I gave a CD to somebody one time and they said, uh, I mean, very seriously, they didn't crack a smile at all. Uh, And he said, you know, uh, I heard if you can't get it said in 20 minutes, you know, you should go back and look at it again. And I thought, oh, I wonder how many, how many, how many movies you've watched this week. I wonder how many television shows you've watched this week. Amen. Help us, God. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit, God. Thank you for what you're doing in this house, God, and what you have done. And we thank you, Lord, for it. Lord, you get the glory. You're the healer. And, Lord, it's your anointing, God, that's going to destroy every yoke, God. You see the warfare we're in in these last days, God. I pray you help us raise up, Lord God, men and women who will pray and that will stand with, Lord God, with faith, God, against the works of the enemy. And we praise you for it, God. Have your way tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Ephesians 1, verse 18 says, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Want the light to come on. Get it. God will do that for you. Anybody ever remember God just, just opening your eyes, enlightening your eyes of understanding? Amen. Maybe he did it a long time. Hey, he'll still, still do it today. Listen now, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. God bless you. You can be seated. We got a lot more here. We want to talk about that inheritance a little bit, but that's not really the final goal of where we are going in uh, this teaching and maybe uh, some weeks to come. We talked about it Sunday morning some about the battle that we're fighting, and there is a warfare, and there is an enemy and uh, I am convinced that just because, and don't get me wrong, I appreciate folks saying amen, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but it's one thing to say amen in church. It's another thing to walk out the door, go back to your home, go back to your family, go back to your job, go back to your trials, go back to everything you do day by day, and realize there's an enemy fighting you. The Bible says that there is a warfare going on, not against flesh and blood. But there are principalities and powers, rulers of wickedness, amen, and that we need to understand and not be ignorant of the devil's devices, amen. Ignorance, lack of knowledge, the Bible says my people are destroyed. Because of a lack for a lack of knowledge. That we would recognize what's going on. God's not sloppy. God knows what needs to be done. And he's calling men and women into his, his army, into his family for such a time as this. But we need to step up and recognize something. You say, oh, I'll tell you, this is so difficult sometimes. The devil's fighting so hard. Hey, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? There's this idea we can just whine and, and, and worry and complain our way through and just say, God, help me. But I'm telling you, there needs to be a level of fighting back. Amen. A recognition. We talked about it, like I said, Sunday morning. But this is going to get a little bit, uh, just kind of bring it down a little bit closer. And, and recognize that there, we need to know what it means to fight some battles. I'm going to tell you, I appreciate folks that I know, I said this recently, I know they're going to be praying for me. 
I know you're going to be praying for one another. I know that if, if you know somebody needs prayer, you're going to take that seriously. And I am going to just tell you kind of where we're going with this. I told somebody recently that was talking about just problems they're having and, and difficulties and real battles, real challenges and, and real spiritual adversity coming against them, coming against their family. And I said to them, hey, we got folks that'll pray. And I, I went so far to say, you know, if this is such a spiritual battle, I know people that will get together and say, I will fast. Amen. And I will take this seriously. And I'm not just going to say, God, help somebody and move on. But I will pray fervently. And I will press in. And I'll fight the devil for you. Amen. And I, and I felt that when I put that out there, when I told them, hey, I've got confidence in people in this church that they'll, they, they care enough that they'll do that. They'll, they'll, they'll go ahead and push back the plate, as some say. And they'll say, you know what? I'm going to take some time on my knees. I'm going to take some time in the spirit. That I felt like when I said that, I knew, I felt confidence. Amen. I felt like I didn't overstep my bounds. But I rec- I felt so strongly to, that, that God was directing me to say, you know, we, we need to be ready to fight some battles. And I feel like God wants to shake somebody here tonight and say, you know what? You need to be part of that army. You need to be part of that praying, amen, fasting, that, 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 those people that take this seriously. And, and, and your prayer life needs to, needs to come up to, to that level. Amen. Not every prayer meeting, not every time we go before the Lord, not every time we're in church is it a spiritual warfare, if you will. But that oughtn't be something that is uncommon. Weak prayers, amen, that go through the motions, not really have any intensity, not really have any fervency, don't really have any spirit in them, amen, should not be the norm. I'm not saying there's not times where you're not quiet before God, but you know what? That still needs to be a, the spirit involved. Amen. There's a difference between sometimes being quiet, sometimes being uh, just listening, if you will, and being just kind of half-hearted. Amen. I, I want to read some things here, and and there's a lot here, but praise God, stay with me. Talking about the inheritance of the saints. You see that? Amen. Anybody else see that? Amen. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Do you see that? God's working with power in us and through us, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Listen now, set him at his own right hand. That's the power of God. Amen. In heavenly places. Listen now. This is, this is the, uh, the picture that God is, is, is giving us. That the Lord now, in His glorified humanity, the work that He did in Calvary, His death, burial, resurrection, now His ascension up onto the throne, He said, He's seated far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet. Somebody say authority. authority. So Jesus is not worried about how this is going to turn out. Jesus is not even a little concerned. He is seated Far above every principality and every power and every name in this world, in the world to come. It's under his feet. Gave him to be the head of the church, head over all things to the church, which is his body and the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Stay with me now. You understand that Jesus is seated. His his position, if you will, is one of authority over Satan. Amen. We recognize this. We understand this. Praise God. But it goes on. And I know I've covered some of this already uh, to you. Praise God. But stay with me. Going on into Ephesians 2, verse 1. Now it comes down to you. Amen. And you hath he quickened. He's made you alive. 
You were dead in trespasses and sins, it says. You were not alive. You were not living. You, you were just uh, existing. Amen. Praise God. That, but he brought you alive. The Bible talks about set, being set free. It talks about being uh, the chains being broken. But it also talks about an abundant life. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The Bible is very clear that the devil has authority in this world. Amen. In one place it calls him the God of this world. Here it calls him the prince of the power of the air. But God has a far above any principality. It tells us among whom we also had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desire of the flesh and of the mind. That's the past. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he still loved us, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When you became a Christian, you turned away from your sins, you turned to Jesus, born of the water and of the Spirit, baptized, buried that old life in Jesus' name, rose to newness of life, filled with the fire, filled with the power of God's Spirit. Now Christ is in you, the hope of glory, and you are in Him. One thing that you've got to recognize that God has done for us is that he has now given us authority over the devil. Amen. He has placed us in him, praise God, and it's in him. It's through him. Get that in your heart, praise God. It's not anything in you, but it's because of him the devil can't push you around unless you let him. I don't feel like everybody got that like they needed to. I said, the devil can't push you around unless you let him. Amen. Well, praise God. He has, through the blood of Jesus, has broken the authority, the right that the devil has over you. I know there's a lot of... False teaching, there's a lot of fear, mongering, if you will, and a lot of things that people have got in their minds, and whether it's through bad false teach, false preachers, false prophets, or whether it's from an overload of, uh, uh, of bad movies. Amen. Hallelujah. You'd be surprised how many people I've met over, uh, over the uh, course of my life that say, oh, I know all about that. I know all about that book of Revelation. I, I saw this movie once, you know, and, 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 you know, it was these, uh, you know, the Antichrist, you know, he had that, that, uh, you know, birthmark on his forehead and you had to use these blessed swords that this Catholic priest had. I was like, yeah, well, about that. Amen. Well, listen to me, church. The word of God has what we need. And we need to understand, praise God, the blood of Jesus breaks that authority that the devil has over you. Amen. We are now seated with him in heavenly places. The understanding of that is a position in God over the enemy. He still fights. He still works. He tries to lie to you. He tries to deceive you. He puts thoughts in your mind. He tries to bring you in bondage and fear. He tries to bring back temptations of that old life and all these things. But you don't have to take it. You don't have to listen to it. You don't have to follow it. Amen. You have the authority to tell him to get behind you. To get out of here. Resist the devil. I'll tell you, the people that are having the most trouble with the devil, they stopped resisting. You're listening too much. You're wondering what he's going to say next. You're wondering how close you can get to something called a temptation. You're, you, and after a while, you listen to that liar enough, you're going to start believing his lies. Amen. Backing up in verse 7 of Ephesians 1, it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace... 
wherein he hath abounded toward us. Aren't you glad? Isn't that God? He just abounds. He gives us abundance. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, let me say it again. If you let God bless you, if you're in a place where you're allowing him to bless you, we'll get more into that in a little bit. Praise God. He will, you will abound in blessings. Praise God. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. God's not trying to hold anything back from you. There, there are some things uh, that are timing issues, but, you know, if, if there's a mystery, praise God, he reveals mysteries. He's not looking to, uh, for some secret, praise God, to be kept from you. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth, even in him. Listen now. In whom also we have obtained, there's that word again, an inheritance. An inheritance. I, I want to. I want to take just a little bit of time. Not. I don't need a whole lot. But I want to tell you, an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose. That just means God's already got a purpose for you before you were even born. He knew. He knew what was where your gifts were going to lie and what He wanted for your life. Amen. And can I tell you something about it? It's great. Whatever God has planned for you is awesome. But you know what? That choice is still. I know a lot of folks that say, well, you know, if it's already predetermined, if God already knows, then do we really have control over it? Absolutely. God just knows the, the, the choices you're going to make and has a plan for your life. But you can choose to get off track. You can choose to do your own thing. How foolish would that be? Predestinated according to his, the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Praise God. I want to talk about that inheritance a little bit. In light of the position that we have in Jesus of authority over our enemy, doesn't mean you're not going to fight battles. Praise God. But you're going to win battles. Doesn't mean God doesn't allow some of that adversity. But you're going to have to exercise. You say, oh, God, hey, wait a minute. What about, what about you fighting some battles? I can show you very clearly the shadows of the Old Testament where there were times the Lord says, stand still. And you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. God just moves in. And one place, what an amazing, uh, just account of an enemy that is just so many coming against the children of God. And, and, and it just seems so hopeless. And overnight, God just dispatches one angel. And, and if I remember correctly, the way it's worded in our Bibles is, is kind of uh, one of those places uh, that just kind of makes you chuckle. It says they all woke up the next morning dead corpses. <laughs> As if there's another kind of corpse. Amen. But listen to me. God said, I got this one. Just go ahead and get some rest. I've got one angel that can take care of all of it. And that's the kind of warfare I like. Amen. Let me go ahead and let you take care of this, God. But sometimes, in fact, many times in the Old Testament, when they are fighting uh, an enemy, they had to be praying. They had to know the direction and the will of God. I can tell you there's some battles they shouldn't have been fighting. And sometimes before they had to fight, sometimes they needed to repent of some things. Well, praise God. The vast majority of times God said, okay, I'm going to be with you. Get in there and fight. Amen. I'm going to be with you. I think there's a lot of people that kind of kind of stumble on this. And they're wondering, okay, God, what's going on? What, what, kind of, what kind of warfare are you fighting? What kind of prayers are you praying? What kind of uh, faith are you exercising? That's your shield. How, how good are you with that sword? Sword of the Spirit, what's that? It's the word of truth, amen? It is written. Well, praise the Lord. Did you take some time and maybe get in the word and find out what God said about it? Maybe get a promise and pray on that promise. Tell the devil that promise. Hold that, hold that, hold that promise in your heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Amen. It is written, Jesus said. Oh, I'm telling you, you know there's some battles you're fighting. Does any of this just ever 
happen in your life? We need to learn how to fight the devil. We need to learn how to get involved in this kind of warfare. Amen. The reason that I'm talking about this inheritance a little bit here at the beginning is because the blood of Jesus Christ has put us in a place of authority. Let me tell you something. Maybe before you were born again, somebody say born again. again. You're born again. You once had a natural birth. Through that natural birth, you had received an inheritance. Amen. You say, well, I know what inheritance is all about. Where's my check? Oh, you inherited sin. Amen. You inherit, and maybe you might have inherited some things that, that, that were, were a specific type of warfare. Some battles that maybe your family is prone to fight. Amen. I've heard a lot of talk over the years. I don't think it's, uh, I think it's more of a newer, uh, maybe a, a decade or so, more, more so, a few decades ago. I started hearing people talk about curses, generational curses. Let me tell you something about your generations. You were born again. Amen. So can I tell you something about that exciting news of being born again? Now, your bloodline goes to the cross. And breaks any kind of curse that might have ever been over you. Amen. Can I tell you anything the devil thinks he has on you, any kind of authority he says he has in your family or in generations before you, your, your inheritance has changed now and you're bought with it. Now you are a part of a new family. Amen. I want to tell you something. Now, this is not for everybody, but I'll tell you the most times I've heard people talk about that in my experience now. I'm not saying there's not other folks that have dealt with other things, but every time I've heard somebody say that, it's folks that say, well, I need a good excuse for why this is so hard for me. And rather than talk about praying, maybe it's not really my fault. Maybe it's something my great grandfather did. Can I tell you something? Your father is in heaven. Amen. You've been bought with a price now. You have been brought into a family. The bloodline goes right to Jesus. Amen. If you've truly been saved. Now, there's folks that have been playing around. They haven't really repented. They haven't really buried that old life in Jesus' name. They haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost. Maybe there's still some connections there. I don't know about that. But when you get it and you get it good, that blood cancels out the devil's authority over you. Cancels. You're starting over now. You're starting over in your children. Praise God. You bring them to Jesus. Hallelujah. And know that that blood, the devil can't come across. He can't take anything across the blood. Amen. Well, praise God. Galatians 3, let me read it to you. Verse 29 says, if you be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I'm connected with a new inheritance. Through Jesus, I've got a new family tree. I can't just go ahead and say, ah, this wouldn't be such a pain if it wasn't for dad or granddad or great granddad or maybe we get grandma in there too. I don't know. But listen to me. Jesus blood takes care of you. Well, praise God. True salvation, not just playing church, not going through the motions, not not lukewarm Christianity. Don't believe in it. Amen. You can call yourself a Christian all you want, but when we're talking about breaking the chains, breaking the authority over the devil, it takes the real deal. It takes the real thing. Amen. If you play in church, praise God, you need an altar, you need to repent, you need to take take care of that before Jesus. His blood makes all the difference. Let me tell you something about the blood of Jesus. You know how the Old Testament is full of types and shadows? Of every bit of it, every bit of it, every line, you're going to find uh, New Testament truth. You're going to find find uh, Colossians calls it types and shadows. Praise God. And in the Old Testament, there was these cities. They were called cities of refuge. Somebody who was guilty could run to these cities and they were safe. And I think it is a beautiful type of me running. Well, did we sing it tonight? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The blood of Jesus and his name and his authority, I can run to him and be safe. Amen. But you know something about those cities of refuge. As long as you were in, people ask you about 
is, uh, what do you think about eternal security? Am I once saved and then always saved? Well, I think you can be really secure in God. Don't get me wrong. I mean, very secure. If you stay in the city. There are instances in the Bible where uh, after David's death, Solomon was told, just uh, this man, he's, he's a troublemaker. Make sure he stays in his city. And one day he decided he was going to get careless and thought, you know what, I don't need to stay here all the time. And he walked out. Somebody said, hey, he left the city. Go get him. Go execute him. He's not safe outside the city. I want to tell you, if you stay under the blood, if you stay in the spirit, you're safe. You're secure. You don't have to be afraid of the devil. You don't have to. No, nobody can pluck you out of the hands of the Lord. You are safe. But I'll tell you what, somebody brought that to me a while back and said, hey, look at that. Look at that. John 10. Nobody can pluck you out of the hands of God. Nobody can pluck you out of the hand of the Father. I, I believe it. I'm not afraid of anybody taking me away from God. But it never said that I can't be stupid enough to walk away. And it would take me pretty stupid to walk away from the hands of Jesus. It doesn't say it took away my, 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 uh, my free will. If the devil thinks he can steal me, he can't. If somebody thinks that they can cause me to fall, they can't. But if I'm dumb enough to follow somebody out, amen, then I'm falling. Amen. In the blood of Jesus is still, praise God, a choice that I make to, to stay with and to stay under. Amen. Too often, too often, how exciting it is to know the authority that God has given us to know the victory that God has given us to know that we we don't have to we wrestle against these principalities and powers but God's given us victory over them amen, amen. but we can make choices to allow well give the enemy free reign we can we can make silly choices to uh I think somebody was talking uh, about, uh, you know, Ouija boards and and uh, somebody else was saying something the other night. I don't know if it was in church or not. I don't think it was, uh, you know, some other things, some dream catchers and things like that. We, we, we're not for all that. Amen. We, we don't want anything connected with spiritualism or idolatry or or, or, or witchcraft. Amen. We, we're not we're not for it. Amen. Praise God. Uh, the thing that gets me sometimes though i've seen seen a lot of folks that that have gotten a lot of that stuff out of their houses and out of their lives and but they're still so connected to so much entertainment that blasphemes god that openly is anti-christ anti-bible anti-truth praise god i don't care how entertaining or how funny that stuff is praise god i've heard folks just well you know i know they might be a pedophile but really okay and you're going to have them in your house and entertain you and your family and your children. And well, praise the Lord. Something ought to click in your mind after a while. It says, you know, that's not for a Christian home. That, that, that we need things that are going to edify us and build us up. I, I don't need to be listening to music. That's that's, uh, you know, they used to use this word. This is kind of quaint almost. And if I sound sarcastic, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm very angry. and I'm just trying to be nice about it. They used to say. We should be careful with suggestive lyrics in our music. Remember those days when they talked about suggestive music? You know what that means? It kind of sort of suggests something that might not be so clean. They don't suggest anymore, do they? Now it's just junk. Amen. Praise God. Now, it was very many times people were like, oh, it wasn't so bad. There's a lot of things back even uh, from the 50s and 60s, things that, that I look back and say, what? Do you hear what they're talking about? And somehow it, it got by. Somehow it got played on public stations and things. But now they're not suggesting anything. It's just filth. And, and uh, so right from hell. You can't pump your, you know, it, you can't. You can't take a take a cup of sewage, just scoop it right out of the 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 the, the gutter, or the toilet, and just think you're going to be healthy and drink. What, how are you going to be when you put that stuff in your eyes and your ears and 
How's your soul going to be? How's, hey, think about this. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Isn't that what the Bible says? We are the temple of God. What fellowship hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial, it says? What part hath a believer with an infidel? We, there, there's got to be something that says, you know what? There's something. I've got purity in me. That, do you feel that spirit tonight that came down? And, and you, ought to, you ought to cherish that and treasure that. And, and, and it, ought to, it ought to bother you. Amen. If, if something's trying to mess that up. Amen. I know you get around some things. And this is something that we're going to talk about maybe more. You know, you're in this world. And, and you're going to be around spirits. You're going to be around devils. Amen. You're going to be around it, but you don't go looking for it. Uh, David said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. It's a difference when you're around it, you hear it, you're working around it and you can't get away from it. But you know what? You still got to fight the battle. But once you start allowing it, act like it's no big deal and, and just accepting that and being around it, choosing to be around, choosing to be around that kind of people and choosing to be around that. And that's your fellowship and that's your entertainment and that's, that's your soundtrack to your life. Whoa. You're, you're, you're drinking that. You think the Holy Ghost is, is feeling welcome in that? But when you make all the right choices and say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be entertained by that. I'm not going to listen to that. I, I'm going to listen to things that work, that glorify God and I'm going to think on things that are pure and lovely, good report. If there's any virtue, if there's any praise, I'm going to think on these things. I'm going to cast down imaginations. I'm going to, I'm going to lay aside every weight. Amen. You're still around some things. How many know what I'm talking about here? Seriously, how many know that sometimes you're doing right, you're doing good, whether it's at work or maybe you just try to help somebody. You walk away from that and they are physically away from you, but that spirit's still hanging around. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, I've, you've heard me coin this term. I've tried to use it. I don't know a better way. But I, sometimes, you know, you're, you're doing everything right and God's led you into this and you're representing him. But those spirits around you, they get sticky. Amen. You go home and feel that weight on you. You can feel that uneasiness, you know, and that's a spirit. Amen. And, and now that spirit, you've got authority over it. It doesn't have authority over you, but it tries to latch on. Amen. So you're going to have to deal with that. You're going to have to pray through that. You're going to have to resist that. Amen. You, you don't go back looking for it. And sometimes if you don't handle it quickly it can wear you down it can it can uh get your mind going in wrong directions more so than than just your average daily temptations and and uh and and you need to 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 get some prayer meeting in amen too often and 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 like i said we're we're going to back up and kind of get into some more things probably uh in upcoming lessons but too often People are opening doors. People are allowing things. You know, when when somebody gets to a place where they say this is just so hard. No, wait a minute. You're wait wait a minute. You're seated high above this with Christ. You're in Him, and 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 you've got the blood of Jesus. You got His name. You got His Word. You've got prayer. You've got all these things. And you're saying, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. You opened a door somewhere. You put a welcome mat out. Oh, I would never do that. Mm. That's exactly what happens. When you cross some lines and you allow, uh, you, you open a door. And just the same, just the same as opening a door for an unwanted intruder in your house. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. I, I, I'm not trying to be political, but I think one of the most Foolish things. People act like, oh, you know, we shouldn't have borders. We just anything and anybody just come across borders. What are you talking about? How ridiculous is that? You don't just let anybody come into your house. Your children, your family, the things that you have are that that you you worked for. And and now it just opened the door. But listen to me much more than that. Much more than than an unwanted visitor who's going to just, uh, you know, maybe throw his feet up on your furniture or, 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 
you know, take take things out of your refrigerator that you were kind of hoping to have later on. <laughs> Ooh, them's fighting words. More than that is somebody getting in your temple. Don't open the door. That's why the Bible talks about someone who doesn't rule their spirit well as like a city broken down without walls. There is an understanding that boundaries and walls, amen, were the strength of a city. Because they were a defense the, the sad thing about many in this world today, young people especially, but not always young people. They just, oh, you know, you're so concerned. Yeah, I guess so. We're talking about hell. We're talking about the devil. We understand that there's an enemy. So a wall is, is smart. When you just start randomly and aggressively pulling down walls that, that, that God's put, be careful. Because there's a spiritual battle. That's going on. That's coming against your family. Help us, Lord. We have to think about the spiritual ramifications. The spiritual ramifications. What is the, are the consequences for allowing this in? Oh, I can handle it. I can. You've got a lot. You got a lot in this warfare. You got a lot going on in this in, in this life. Don't don't welcome battles that you don't need. Matthew 17, uh, verse 14. Maybe just kind of touching on this. I really feel like I'd like to get more into uh, how many people open doors. It is serious. And, and there really are spiritual principalities and powers that, that, that come against you. And, and there's a way to be safe. There's a way to, there's not a way to get out of the battle. But like I told you on Sunday morning, the church needs to be actively helping others get free. Not just constantly trying to put out fires because they've left the door open. That's where a lot of folks are. And they think they're fighting the devil. And they're doing great because they haven't backslid yet. But the fact is, you need to get in a place of, uh, of where, where you have an advantage. A place where you pull down strongholds in your, in your life. And then you can start aggressively praying for your children and for your neighbors. Hey, you want to see uh, revolution? I've heard people talk about revolution in this day and age. Hey, this is the kind of revolution we need. Where we start praying against things that are going on in our government. Praying against what's going on in our community. You want to talk about marching and all. Hey, get on your knees and, 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 and just storm the gates of hell. That is... That is what we need to see. We need to see revival and people, people really just banding together and praying against the bondage of the enemy. I'm serious. If if you're you're oh you're angry about uh, uh, some of the 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 laws that are being passed, I'm not saying to vote. Of course not. But I'm saying, man, where if you're that angry, how much are you praying? I mean, praying. You think it's the devil working. They pray against that devil. Amen. You think the enemy is doing this. Pray against the enemy. Amen. Again, we're, we're, we're kind of, kind of just maybe introducing some things here that we'll get back into. But Matthew 17 verse 14 is something else we need to look at. When they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and off into the water. It, it sounds like the enemy, the devil, is trying to cause this young man to commit suicide. That's a demon. Amen. There are so many things as we look at this generation and say, how can that not be a spiritual? How can that not be the devil working in people? Amen. And, and, and here 
we see that. Will you go over and look at, at, at that one that was out in the graveyard, the preoccupation with death, cutting himself with stones? No one could tame him. He, was, he, he wasn't clothed. It sounds like our generation in a lot of ways. And it's demonic. But you know what happens? When Jesus sets him free, you find him clothed and in his right mind. Isn't that amazing? You see a change like that. You start looking around and you call the building a church, but if people aren't clothed and in their right mind, the devil's lord over that place. Well, praise God. Well, it says, Lord, he says, have mercy on my son. We read that. And I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? I know a lot of folks think that sometimes we're so mean the way we say things. But I'll tell you what, I'm reading my Bible and I'm trying to bring it across as best I could. But when Jesus said, you just you're faithless, perverse, he's talking to his disciples. Amen. Where's your faith? Well, praise God. And he said, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? How long am I going to have to put up with you? Am I going to have to spoon feed you every day? How long am I going to be here till you guys can get this straight? And how long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have Faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence and to yonder place and it shall remove. We talked about that mountain moving. We're not maybe uh, landscapers. Amen. But there's mountains that need to be moved and we need to exercise faith. But he goes on and there's a lot of people that really struggle with this verse. And, and, uh, and I understand maybe there's, there's some questions there. But, you know, some folks, listen to me, some Bibles, some of these new translations just took it clean out. It's true. There's some folks that some some folks have Bibles and, and verse 21's not even there. Praise God. Maybe a footnote saying, hey, this is why we don't have that anymore. Some of them don't even have a footnote. How be it this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. There are some levels to this battle. It reminds me a little bit of the kind of teaching that we've done around here when when an enemy comes against your mind. You know, sometimes if you ask me how, how many times, you know, you've had just a dumb thought get in your mind. I, I, I couldn't even tell you the last one. And you say, oh, it doesn't happen to you. No, you just cast it down and keep moving. And and after a while, you just don't give it a lot of thought. Some of you, anything that comes into your mind, you just think it's golden. You think too highly of yourself. Oh, I need to think about that. I need to stay up all night thinking about that. It might be just the dumbest thing that the enemy's loud in your mind. You need to let it go. Cast down imaginations. Recognize that that's not healthy. Amen. That's not, that's not godly. That's not productive. There's something you think about. Oh, what if this happens? Why? Why worry about something that might kind of sort of happen if in, in a million years and, well, you didn't say it would never happen. A million years is never. That's the way people think. Right. Amen. That's not healthy. You know, it just, you just keep doing what you can do. You keep your mind on what God has given you to do. Amen. And you just cast it down. But sometimes it's not as easy to cast down. So don't just let it go. Don't keep rolling around in your mind. Just pray about it. Stop and just pray. Next time you get a chance, pray and say, God, help me with this. Get this out of my mind. God will help you. Ask and you shall receive. Don't just let it go. Pray against it. You can't just cast it down. Pray. And maybe you did. And it's still bugging you. Get help. Join together. Agreement. Praise God. Get somebody to help you pray. Pray for me. I'm going through. I got these dumb thoughts in my mind. I got this dumb thing. I need it gone in Jesus name. Will you help me pray? Amen. That's your choice. You have to get that. I can't, I can't help it. I'm just messed up. And I have all this. Are you casting it down? Are you praying about it? Are you getting help? If you're not doing what you can do, no wonder the devil's beating you up. And God said in his word, 
that there are some kinds that need prayer and fasting. Now, this isn't just something that's this. This this is some warfare. This is serious. This isn't just going to be. You know, oh, God, help me and go on your way and, and, and try your best to deal with it. We're going to have to get into a season of prayer. We're going to have to, have to take some time. Amen. We're going to we're going to we're going to focus in a little bit. Fasting isn't something that just I mean, maybe some of you need to hear this. I don't know. But, you know, fasting is not something you do for five minutes. Yeah, I'm going to pray and fast. OK, I'm done. <laughs> Thank you for victory, Lord. You know, you're going to have to take some time and focus in on something. You know, there's some people that look at this verse and say, well, this is be-. they said already said it was because their unbelief was the prayer and fasting to help them get the faith they need. I'm I'm a strong believer that most prayer and fasting isn't just for me to move God, but it's for me to humble myself and get my flesh in a place. Like I've told you before, it, it's not so much a megaphone for me to say, hey, God, now I'm fasting. You better hear me. You better listen. But it's a hearing aid and says, OK, God. That's that's what I think mostly. I'm not saying always that's the case, but a lot of times just, God, I need to hear more from you. See, we, we don't bully God around. I've heard some pretty messed up preaching. You know, they've taken a verse out of context. It's there, but it's way, way, way out of context that the, God said, command ye me. So there's, I'm commanding God to do things, and I'm ordering angels. That, yeah. Stay in your lane. Amen. God, you let God command you. He's the king. Amen. But uh, but there's some some need sometimes to get into some some prayer. I want to ask somebody here tonight. I want to ask you, is there some things you're praying about that, that, you know, it's a battle, it's a struggle. It might be all right for you to just go ahead and take a day and, and, and fast. Amen. Take a take a portion of a day and fast. You know, I, I know a lot of people I, I can I can try to help you with fasting and, and we can talk about this more some other time when another lesson, maybe. But it's not I, I feel like over the years I've tried to let people know it's not a guilt trip. It's not something that you got to feel like you got to. But but you need to set some time and say, OK, I'm ready for battle. Right. Amen. I like the way I've heard some say it already. You know, when the devil's fighting, maybe for personal battles, and maybe the devil's fighting you, and your flesh seems like it wants to go the wrong way, you just tell your body, you know what? Hey, I know how to get you in line. I'll skip a meal, and you'll start listening more. And your body says, okay, I'll listen. Please, please just be nice to me. You know, you always have these folks that say, you know, I, I, I mean, seriously, I've had folks say, I would fast, but I get so hungry. Yeah. Wow, I've never, that's, that's so different. I mean, no, nobody else has that problem, you know. I can't, no wonder you don't fast. Wow. Anyway, there are battles, there are levels to this battle. And uh, we need to be able in this day to say, you know what, this is, this is how we fight this war. James 5. James 5. In closing, but really, we've, we've just kind of skimmed the surface on here. And I hope you don't mind, we're going to get back to some of this. James 5, verse 13 says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. That's the promise. That's what we prayed tonight. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. Aren't you glad for that? Now remember, let me just point this out. The Call for the elders of the church. That means you ask. Amen. You ask. I know sometimes people suffer silently and they're like, I just don't understand why nobody just reaches out. You reach out. You reach out. Well, if the the preacher was praying, he'd know I was sick. You call is what the Bible says. And if he had committed sins, so I say if it doesn't say every time you're sick, it's because you've committed sins, but it could happen. If you committed sins, God says, I'll forgive you. Praise God. They shall be forgiven him. Sometimes you pray and you say, God, is is this consequences? Is this you trying to get my attention? Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. I I do believe in in an attitude of humility that you have people in your life, whether it's ministry, maybe a close 
partner of prayer, if you will, somebody, a friend that prays and you take that seriously and, and, and they know you, 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 you rely on them. You confide in them. Praise God. And, and you're not proud and, and you just recognize I, I need to be humble. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. But this is where we're going. You know, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Now, the Bible talks about uh, you have not because you ask not. You ask and, and you have not because he goes on and says you ask amiss. To consume it on your own lust. So this isn't vacation plans. Saying, Lord, please don't let it rain for three weeks. I'm not asking for six months. This, is, this was, was God's direction. It was God's will. It was God's judgment on Israel through Elijah the prophet. But it says he prayed earnestly. And effectual, the effectual fervent prayer. There needs to be this level of prayer in our lives when the devil's fighting us. We need to be able to not just say, okay, God, uh, I'm, I'm concerned about my family. I'm concerned uh, uh, about uh, a situation with, with uh, a friend's health. Um, there needs to be somebody that can come into the presence of God with the promises of God and a fervency of spirit. That is pressing in and saying, God, I, I, I need a miracle. Praise God. God, this is your promise. God, and the Spirit of God is working and moving. I'm telling you, we that believe in the power of God and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we need to be praying in the Spirit. We need to be allowing the Holy Ghost to be working in us. We're not, uh, we're not left without weapons of warfare. We're not left just in, uh, in a place of vulnerability in this battle. We are in a place of authority. We are in a place of advantage. You have to let the devil have an advantage. The Bible talks about not giving place to the devil. We'll talk about that in, in coming weeks. It talks about not letting him have the advantage over us. That's, that's an allowance. That's us letting, opening a door. Praise God. You need to, as you pray and reach out to God, you need to let God be able to talk to you and talk to say, Hey God, uh, Hey, Hey, I, I, there's something I feel like is, it's not helping. It's opening the door. It's not right. I need to close the door. Amen. You be sensitive to God. You let God talk to you and he will. And he will. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I feel like we covered so much, but really didn't get nearly as far as we need to. But I told you when we started, there's, there's going to be a lot more. We, we've only just kind of got to the tip of the iceberg. I know some of you are... This is your life. This is you understand what I'm talking about. You you take this very seriously. Your prayer time is aggressive for the things of God. It is uh, sensitive to God's heart. We want to talk about that kind of prayer. God's working through your prayers it oughtn't be that it's just when tragedy strikes you but but you begin to see that hey other people need to be praying for them I'm going to take some time to really pray I think sometimes maybe God allows some things in our lives allows some of those battles and we see the, the adversity and it wakes us up to start praying like we need to, but then if you listen, if you pay attention, God's, God's going to take that lesson He taught you and say, now let's pray for, for their need. Let's pray for their family. Let's pray for, for this community. For this nation. Earnestly. Earnestly. Praise God. He prayed. 
effectual, fervent prayer. It's what avails much. I pray somebody feels the tugging of God's Spirit right now and saying it's time to, to step it up. It's time to pray. It's time to really start to press in and, and take this a little bit higher in my own life. Maybe join it together with family, with brothers and sisters, with husband and wife, and just really praying for your family, really praying for the church and needs, and put your heart into it. Really, really mean a business. This is what pushes back the enemy. This is what brings the victory. God's people joining in prayer. Come on, let's talk to God before we leave. I want God's Spirit to move in a greater way in this last day, and it's going to be because we're praying. just working in this. I really do. I feel feel a witness of the Spirit just helping us reach up a little higher. We're going to need it. We're going to need it. God's got deliverance for some. God's got victory for some in our families. God's got deliverance for some in this community that are bound by the chains of the enemy. God's put the power in the church to see them set free. It's time. Time men and women rise up and exercise that authority. Start putting the devil on the run. We've been playing games, playing games too long. It's too close to the edge, too close to to failure. It's time to stand up with the authority that's in his name. And get the devil on the run. 
Let's all stand. Father, thank you. Thank you again for your presence, your power, Lord. It's so thankful for what I feel here tonight, God. So thankful for your touch. God, I'm asking you to take this word and plant it in hearts. And Lord God, that you be God helping every one of us to be doers of your word and not hearers only. There's a fight to fight, God. And there's people, Lord God, that's, like I said, in our own families, God, that need to be saved, that need to be delivered, that need victory, God. Help us. Help us, Lord, to fight the fight that we need to be involved in, God. Lord, I pray now you just keep us safe as we travel, God. Keep us sensitive to your spirit, God, throughout the night, throughout the coming days, God. And just work through us for your glory. Love you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, church. God bless you. Thank you for your prayers.